celebrity here with us today one with like three names four names five fucking names all of the names but first this episode like all of our episodes are brought to you by grasshopper your local recreational or medicinal mm. spot for all things green organic and healthy yeah do you like to smoke are you a big cannabis fan i don't smoke actually damn so you're giving me those fake yums and hmm and the <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm the best. What do you like? I don't. I don't like. <laughs> Thank you, like Grasshopper. You, do you? You've done gummies? Yeah, yeah. edibles. Like what? Big ones, little ones, the two and a half, the two grounds? Like or the, the baby ones. I am not. <laughs> see, I, I talk about this shit so much that people, like, they'll see me and they'll give me weed. Like, here you go, bro. Oh, weird. I'm not a big pothead. Like, I, I not Same at all. Same thing for me in the all. reggae scene that just get free re- weed all the time and I don't even smoke it. I, like, give it to my friends. See, oh, no wonder. <laughs> yeah. Hey, have Alexia come over. She's got all weed. <laughs> Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we are here <laughs> with a young lady who has created a path in the radio industry from Northern <laughs> California all the way down to Southern California. A personality so big she needs three names to go by. <laughs> if you're on the radio, you know her by Alexia. Alexia, yes. If you're in the scene, DJ scenes, you know her as DJ Sexy Lexi. Or Lexi Love. Damn, you just gave me all three. Alexia, welcome. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hola. That was cool. <laughs> Welcome to Emo Brown. I know uh, with a lot of people that I that I quote unquote know, like I'm acquaintances with or have run-ins with, it's yeah. like we run in the same circles, but I've never really like sat down and talked to you. Right. I've seen you in a bunch of places. Yeah. You know, I've gone to yeah. spots where you've actually spun or you're, yeah. you're having a performance. I've DJed here. You've DJed here, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like I've never like sat down and like, hey, what's up? Where are you from? Tell me about yourself. Yeah. That's what today is all about. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Where are you from, Miss Alexia? What so, do you want me? What am I calling you? First off, what do you? What do your friends call you? Lexi. Okay, Lexi. Yeah. Now I'm your self-appointed friend. <laughs> or Lex, either one. <laughs> Where are you from? Well, I grew up in a town about an hour east of Oakland, inland. Oh. Okay, so that's far from those, the water. Those, those are the lost areas. Modesto, California, Central Valley. Um, I grew up there. My parents, uh, you know, worked in the fields, so it's very agricultural, agricultural area. So uh, that's how my family ended up there in the first place. So that's where I grew up. What do are they originating? Because I, I have friends. I have a, a fucking a few friends mm-hmm. actually whose family work in the fields up in Northern Central yeah. Valley, mm-hmm. who are from like Alexico, like uh, mm-hmm. Imperial Valley, out so, out east. Originally, that was just kind of like one of the pit stops to make money to go work in the fields, you know, like obviously my family, my dad was from Texas Mm. and they worked all over the United States, but my grandpa really loved it in California. Yeah. And he was like, we can make a lot of money there. So that's how they ended up there. Uh, My mom, same thing, you know, they, they came a different time earlier than them, but yeah, similar situation, but from Texas too. Yeah. Damn. So you were text mix. We were, we were in California. We we always talk about that. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like Mexicans come in all shapes, sizes, Mm -hmm. colors and everything. It's like, Oh, you're Mexican. Oh, you're Mexican. I used to be called leche face when I was younger. Like they used to call me milk face. Cause like, you know, I'm not, I'm not dark Mexican. I'm not light Mexican, but I was lighter than everybody I hung out with so I got shit on you know and I said but I feel like Tex-Mex dude like there you guys are in your own little space I feel you guys do everything like differently yeah so you're not from Texas no I'm not from Texas have you ever visited out there I have visited out there we used to go like every few years or something for the holidays Uh just to like but but all of my family, like the my my aunts and uncles, everybody's in California. But we, the, my dad, my mom, they have cousins and stuff out there. So we would still go and visit. And I really love San Antonio. It's amazing. Um, it's in the middle of 
the state. So that's kind of weird. I feel like I have to be by a coast. So for me, no. But Corpus Christi is also okay. really cool. I've been there. Um, the home of Selena. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I went to Selena's shop and everything when I was little. Um, and my mom grew up in a town called Far, which is next to San Juan. And that's right in, like near the border down in South Texas. So nice. we would go there too. And we would go like to Mexico when we would visit, you know, and stuff like that across the border right there. It was pretty cool. See, that's weird that you say that, that you, you feel like out of place when you don't, you're not, not by the coast. I feel the same way, you know, cause I'm from San Diego. I'm here. I'm, yeah. I'm from Chula Vista. So close to the, you know, to the water. And then I feel like anytime we go anywhere else, if I'm away from water, I feel yeah. weird. I feel fucking weird. Especially yeah. like when we would go to like Vegas and I remember going to Vegas and I'd just look around and be like, fuck, there's just mountains it's everywhere. Like there's nothing. Where, where do we get the breeze from? Like, yeah. where, there's, I can't just jump in the water if I want to. I, I just know. feel out of place. Yeah. And yeah. then when I'm on a cruise ship, I feel differently. I have like, oh, I actually looked it up. It's like some sort of um, <laughs> a little disease or an, an oh, okay. illness where I get close to the edge of the of the, the, the ship and <laughs> overlooking the water and I get a, a sense of I want to jump. Oh my God. Yeah. It's it's fucking weird. Like, oh I, and, and and even to this day, like we'll go on a pier or something yeah. and we'll, we'll take the kids somewhere. And I look over and tell wife, he's like, oh shit, I want to jump. I just feel like I want to jump. Um, so have you jumped on something high Fuck yet? no. I've, I've done, I've bungee, I've bungee jumped. That's about it. I, I always wimped out of skydiving. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a weenie. And you know, I, I talk a big yeah. game, but then I always kind of like, uh, is that okay? Nah. I don't think I nah. want to anymore. No? I used to when I was younger. Yeah, I want to bungee jump. I want to skydive. Now I don't really want to. No, I, every, I, listen, I'm 42. I think I get scared or like more scared every time I get older. Yeah, the older I've gone, I feel like I'm less less aggressive and like and taking risks, you yeah, know? Like yeah, now yeah. I'm like, I oh, know that's gonna hurt tomorrow. Oh no, I better not. That's gonna be painful. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh no, don't do that. Put that down, sit down, don't run, you know? Yeah. It, it's not a fun time. Yeah, not at all. What brought you into the music industry? Um. So... I, my dad was a musician, everybody in his side of the family is musicians. So, um, I just grew up around music, um, going to their gigs and practices and just being around music my whole life. And so I, I also sing. And so I just, you know, wanted to be around music. I just loved it. And I thought to myself, well, how can I get a job in like the music industry? What, you know, and, and in high school, I wanted to be a music engineer. Like I wanted to go to college to be a music engineer. I didn't do that, but I, I kind of know how to do some of it now just from working in radio. I feel like being a radio personality, yeah. that's just one of the many hats you like, have to wear. Yeah. Eventually I learned it throughout the way, you know, but, um, but yeah, so then I, I got into radio. I really loved radio growing up. Um, I might, I would have my dad take me to like the sticker stops and like the radio concerts. And like, I just, I don't know. I thought they were like, it. You did know? you ever work like on a radio voice when you were little? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I had a little karaoke machine in like uh, junior high and me and my girlfriends would do like a slow jam show. We would <laughs> do like requests and like act like we're giving shout outs and stuff. And like, I always knew I wanted to be in radio. Yeah. So I started then, I guess, you know, like that's pretty you know, awesome. Like, and then in high school, I would like call and just try to get on the air. And then I would be there with my tape to record my call, like every break w waiting, you know? Um, that so, was a different era. I, don't know. I know it's not like that <laughs> it's anymore. It's not like that anymore. It's so crazy. But for me, when I was young, that was it. Like I was just like, oh my god, I was on the radio. Did you guys hear me? I recorded it just in case you <laughs> <know>. missed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and then um, and then you know I I got into college. That's where I started actually first. Um, I where'd you go to school? I well, I just started like the JC in mm -hmm. town in Modesto, and I I took a radio course, and it was like on air instantly, and like one of our first. Uh, assignments was to like, like make an air check. So that's like how you sound on the air, what you sound like. And so I did an air check and then he made us make a resume this and he was like, go take it to your favorite radio stations in town. And so I took it to my favorite radio station and they happened to have a position, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I didn't know I was going to get a job. I just, you know, went there, dropped it off and they were like, really excited that a, a female was coming in and applying because it's a really male dominated industry, you know? And I just got lucky. They were like, actually, you know, he wants to talk to you right now. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I didn't even know any of this was going to happen or, you know, so I go in there and 
you know, he's talking to me, talking about like what I've been learning in my class and like, you know, uh, the radio stations I grew up listening to. And one of the main ones for me growing up uh, was Wild 94.9 in San Francisco. That's like a big station that I like looked up to like the dog house and they're like a really big morning show. And um, just like the different radio DJs, there's this dude Strawberry I really loved. And like, they asked me like, oh, who do you like? What do you want to be like? And, you know, where do you want to work someday? And I was like, I want to work in San Francisco someday. That's my goal. Yeah, that's my goal. And I'm like 18, you know, and he was like, well, we have like a part-time position if you want to, you know, come in and start learning. And so that's how it started. And I, I was just uh, like a board operator. Okay. So So that is that the entry level position at a radio station or street team. So I was like both. So I was like street team and board operator. Um, And I basically would run like one of the mix shows, like on a Saturday or Sunday night, you know, and just make sure nothing exploded. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And um, eventually I had to start answering phones. I remember I was so scared to answer the phones like, oh, my God, I don't know what to say to them, you know. But um, yeah, eventually that and working on the street team, you know, setting up the tent and like all the. Uh, banners and mm. like everything, you know, and, and that's still a vital job in yeah, the radio it industry. Really is, yeah. Festivals so, yeah. and everything. Yeah. So that was like kind of like what I did for a while. And then, um, and then finally they put me on air and I was like on air 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah. Like on a Saturday <laughs> night and Saturday, Sundays or whatever. And, um, and yeah, that's kind of like where it all began. <laughs> How old were you when it all finally started for you? Yeah, that career? probably like 18, 19, like 19. So it took almost like, like a year, two yeah, years for it, you to it get was pretty fast to like cool. get on the air. Um, but like I said, it was because they, they were really eagle, eager to have a female in the building cause they didn't have anybody, you know, nobody, I don't know. Like there was just no girl radio DJs. Why, in why my do you think area. that is? Well, it's kind of a tough job, you know, like it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I think some people get into it and they get intimidated, not necessarily women, but just people in general, they start and then they just, ah, I can't, I can't this. have this. This isn't for this me is too much. I don't want to deal with this drama. I don't want, you know, and so, but for some re- but I always knew I loved it. So I, you know, I stuck it out and you know, that was one of the things that <clears throat> my, my boss at the time, he was like, you have to learn everything. He's like, I want you to learn how to do everything here because you're going to be valuable somewhere else, you know, knowing how to do everything. So thankfully I was able to learn production there, you know, on air, they ended up putting me on the morning show. So then I had to learn how to be a co-host and like, I'm not funny, really. I don't think I am. <laughs> but like, I learn how to like, you know, just be a part of that vibe and, you know, um, uh, interview people and like all of that I learned at that little radio station. How long were you at the radio station? Um, I was there from, I think I was there for three years, four years, four years. And then you dipped out. Yeah. And then I went to Salinas. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And that's like, like I got all my experience there. And then, um, take it to a bigger stage. Yeah. Just a little bit, a little bit bigger, you Uh know? And I went to Salinas and uh, I had the time of my life there. I was on a morning show called, uh, the morning madhouse. And I mean, there's videos, YouTube videos I'll have to show you, but like, we were just, it was back in the days when radio was still fun and we still had a stunt guy and we were just doing crazy shit. Can I cuss here? Fuck yes. <laughs> Doing crazy shit on the radio and like having like a talk break for like 10 minutes, you know, like people don't do that these days anymore. Like we would just be, you know, doing the wildest things. And um, yeah, I had the best time with those guys. They're still my brothers to this day. And, you know, they're still on the air too. Like I worked there in like 2006. It's still the same guys. They Is it really? Like, yeah. Is that, there. that, okay. So I've always had like a, a like a, a connection to your industry because I always mm-hmm. kind of wanted to be involved in it somehow. I never had yeah. the guts to do it, whatever. Yeah. And and it's just I've been bringing a lot more people in from the radio industry just to kind of pick your brain and yeah. like, how has it changed? Because you've been in this so, game about twenty years. It's changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, like from the get to now, it's yeah. like, what have you seen personally? And I do want to <laughs> delve into being a, a female yeah. in this industry, a Mexican woman in this industry, like the obstacles, so, the hurdles, things that you've had to overcome probably then and still dealing with now. You know, um, so, so I think er- in the earlier days, like I said, there wasn't there wasn't as many females, um, so you were more valuable, I feel, um, as far as being a female. And for some reason they really, um, and this is so odd, but 
like being a Latina, they loved that. I think because we're in California, so they felt like maybe we could be more connected to mm -hmm. our listeners, yeah. you know? Um, so that stuff was like actually beneficial for me, I think early on. Um, but then, you know, later on things change and, you know, there's, you know, more people and more diversity and, um, and it's kind of been hit or miss. I think, you know, I have worked places where it has been really hard to be, you know, a female there. Um, but, but like, and also like, you know, woman of color too, because I feel like, I feel like sometimes I've gotten looked past for how I look. You know, really? Yeah. For position for a pos like a, like, you know, um, a better position, you know what I mean? Um, oh, even though your resume is solid on its own, you've had everything, so you've checked all the marks. Yeah. The only reason I know this is because the people that, that maybe got the position didn't even their resume didn't paled in comparison to yours. Nothing. Yeah. Damn, so call like, them out. Who was it? I'm not going <laughs> to call them out. <laughs> but like, but yeah, but I get it though. You know, like I know that this industry is tough and, you know, and I've been in it for so long and, um, you know, the, but the thing that, the thing that uh, somebody told me early on a couple of things was to know how to do everything, you know? So, so like even I've been a production director or, you know, like where I just produce commercials all day. Like I was on the air once a week and just did the commercials, you know, when I was, um, where I'm at now, actually local media, I worked there previous and I've been at other radio stations since. And, um, yeah, like I, I loved doing that. I just did, I didn't even have to like be out there or nothing. I was just in the, in the studio all day. All right. You know, Halloran would come in, R-Dub, all these people just do their spots. They would like pros and you just put it so, together and then I just put it together, yeah. <laughs> them, you know, and like that, that's kind of, I love production. That's like one of my favorite things about radio. I, if I could be in production again, that's like what I would want to do. It's a sense of accomplishment because <clears throat> you get something, you create it and then ultimately Boom. you just put it out there. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, I did that. Yeah. You know, it's like, that was awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, but, um, but yeah, it is, it is tough. You know, um, I was telling you earlier, I, I recently did like, there's this radio group on Facebook and I just wanted to pick everyone's brains. Like why, why are we still getting paid less? That's another thing. I know that for a fact. Yeah. And this happened to me, um, 2018, I think 2018, 2019, 2018, I think, um, we were moving studios and one of my coworkers was like, oh, did you see so-and-so's contract? It's right there. And I was like, I'm not going to look at his contract, <laughs> you know? And he, look, it's right he's there. like, I did. And I was like, you did? And he's all, you want to know how much he makes? And I oh, was like, no. I don't know. How much does he make? Literally, let me see here. Um, what was this? Um, I think he made $35,000 more than me. And he didn't even do as much as I did. <sighs> And so that right there was like, oh, it was like the a gut punch. It was a gut punch because I literally would be there all day hustling, grinding, getting grinding, it done, getting things done. And I thought I was like doing the most and like trying to like be better. And then to find out somebody's making that much more with less experience and does less. I was just like, how I do you handle a situation like that? <sighs> well, I think I think I probably should have said something. Right? Okay. I should have like approached my boss and been like, Hey, you know, I saw this, like, why, why, you know, but I was scared, you know, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. So I just kind of was like, well, whatever it is, what it is. He ended up getting fired anyways. So <laughs> I was just like, Oh, I'm going to make a big deal over somebody that's not there anymore. Like, you know, so I don't know, but yeah. Oh, how long ago was this? This was like 2018. Okay. Yeah. So it's fairly recent. Yeah, Very oh my recent. God. So that's why I put that post out on Facebook to the radio people. I was like, Hey, why is it that we are still treated differently and paid less? Like, I don't understand, you know? And and the whole community started commenting and, you know, and giving their chiming in and like whatever their accomplishments. I take care of yeah. our women. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those people. <laughs> Radio broadcasters. I yeah. do this for my, nah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's still like, I'm like, okay, cool. But no, it's still happening. You know, it still happens to this day. How many, <clears throat> the percentage, I guess, uh, female radio personalities are there here in San Diego? There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of, you always come into mind. Uh, Hillary comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, the morning host also for 91 X Danielle. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like those are like the three, four, but then yeah. again, like I'm very like segmented in what, what I listen to, right. you know? Um, 
Yeah, no, there's a lot. There's a lot of females. Like, um, you know, iHeart has a lot of female uh, on there. And Gina the Latina, she's mm. the bomb. I love her. Um, you know, there's 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 quite a bit, but it's still very- Has it changed drastically from the get, from when you started at the ripe age of 18, 19 to now? Like, have you seen oh, a lot? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it has. I think- um, well, radio, like they pay, I think they pay way less than they used to. They used to pay a lot of money. Like I've heard that. Like I've heard crazy. that too from other like, people. I talked to some of my like older radio friends and how much money they used to make. And I was like, what? Oh my God. You know? And like, now you have to do like 35 That's what you say. That's why you guys hustle so much. That's why you guys are like DJs and you're out there like being influencers and you're out there yeah. like being, that's all. I mean, that's cool too. I mean, it yeah. creates a whole new revenue stream for you and your brand yeah. and continue to build it. Yeah. But I guess imagine just having that one gig where you your main priority is just, you know, I'm a radio personality. That's, that's it. it. That's I it. Know. What else? No, that's it. I know. I, I really just I do it. Like I can, I can maintain on that. Yeah. It's oh. a, it's a little wild, you know? So when did you come down to San Diego and why did you come down to San Diego? Um, what, what was the ultimate move? Cause it sounded like you had a really cool job at a morning show. I, well, so actually when I was up there, I, same thing, it was kind of similar. I had been at this radio station for seven years. Right. And I was the night personality. I had the number one show in town. I had the biggest numbers out of all of the radio stations killing in it. the cluster. Yeah. Killing it. Right. Still not making, I'm pretty sure I never got a raise ever in those seven years. If you would have asked, would they have like, okay, all right, Alexia. Maybe, okay. Maybe I wasn't persistent enough. Well, know? I mean, that shouldn't be the yeah. case anyway. Yeah. I mean, you should be based on merit alone. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And, um, and like, I felt at that point I had been in radio for a long time and I was, I knew how to do everything my boss did at that point. And I was like, you know, the pr program director position came up and it's in Stockton, California. Okay. So I was like, oh, I could do this. Like, this is going to be easy peasy. Hopefully uh -huh. they give it to me. Like I've been here forever, you know, and I applied and, um, and then my other coworker applied too. And he actually had experience as a program director, sit-in program director. So he had a little more than me, but, um, they didn't give it to either of us. And I was just like, what the heck? Like I've been here for seven years. I've already hit the plateau here. Yeah, I'm at I the ceiling of what I can do here. I now. can't what, like, what do you guys want from me? You know, like, and so, so I didn't get it and he didn't get it. And I was just like, you know, I gotta go. I think I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, I always loved San Diego. Like this was my happy place. Like I would come visit San Diego all the time and I would be in Chula a lot because a lot of my friends live in Chula Vista. And so um, anytime I had four day weekends, whatever. So I was- We like, live in a place where people vacation, yeah. you know? Like, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes I got a legit like, Take a step back and be like, oh yeah, we don't gotta go anywhere. You know, we've got no. we live where people <laughs> come to visit. Yeah. Now you live here too. Yeah. So that must be pretty awesome. Yeah. I literally feel that every time I go somewhere, I'm like, I'm on my I'm still on vacation and yeah. I've been here eight years, you know? But um, but yeah, so I really loved it and I was like, you know, I think this is my time. So I started making connections in the radio industry down here. So you can't just like move here and work for a radio station. That's not gonna happen. So I had to like How does email. that work? Can you bring like a portfolio <laughs> of your work and be like these so this, are the things yeah. I've done. So this is what do you, you have, have to do. Have you have to like, you have to Ask, get, asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> you have to get like contacts. Okay. So, so that's, so that's another thing I didn't mention earlier. One of my bosses told me, um, to maintain, uh, you know, a career in this industry, you have to make connections. He's like, and you have to keep those connections and those people are going to help you later sometimes. So you have to always keep connections. So anyways, so that's kind of like what you do. So you like make connections. So I had to make connections over here at local media with R Dub. I made connections with Christy. I don't know if you ever met Christy. She used to be the uh, program director at um, 91X. I don't know if I have, no. Yeah, so she was on air there. I think she was on air nights. Um, and then I made connections with her. And then I made connections with, well, Beto, I knew Beto from a long time ago. And then there was this other guy down here at this station called Energy 1037, which is no more. And- um, I do remember yeah, that And one. so yeah. I just like sent out my air checks to all these people. I got their emails and I was like, hi, you know, I'm a DJ up in Stockton, California. And this is what I do. Here's my resume. I'd really love for you guys to listen to my show and give me some feedback. Cool. So wait- Tell me what your air check is. Like, I, I, know, so, I know you said what it was, but what, so what's yours? Is, so an air check, you know, you have like basically part of your show. You don't put your whole show. It's like a minute and a half okay. of audio. Like a highlight reel. Yeah. So it's like your best breaks, phone calls, like anything special you do on the air, maybe like an interview, quick 
you know, talking with someone, you know, that's like the air check minute and a half, like, and, or you, um, you know, you also promoting the radio station, um, any events we have, like, just like local. This is what I bring to the table. Boom. This is how I sound, you know? And, um, and so anyways, they all started working with me and they all like, were like, hi, oh my gosh, I love your, how you sound. Try this, try that. Send me another one. And all of them are doing that with me. So I did that for like a year, you know, with all these different people. And then, um, and then, uh, energy one Oh three, seven, they knew I was, I, I was like coming out here a lot. And they're like, well, if you're out here, you could come do an air shift if you want to see how you sound on the air. And I was like, okay. So I was on air overnights and I did it. Is that like the first, uh, position they'll offer somebody aside from being, you know, when, when you work the board like and take the phones and so, then they give you the, the first air shift is like, all right. So nights. for like an on air person uh-huh. that's been in the industry, they'll offer you like a weekend shift, okay. like a weekend shift. So I just tried it out. And then he was like, I really like you, but you know, we don't have anything yet, but as soon as I do, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So that was like April. And then end of May, Z90 hits me up. And he's like, Hey, I got a weekend. I have a part-time position open up here. You know, do you want, do you want it? And I was like, yeah, actually I do. And he was like, he's like, I don't want you to quit your full-time job though. You know, you could just be on air here once a month. Cause you come down all the time. And I was like, well, you know, actually I kind of want to quit my full-time job. Yeah. You want to uproot and get out. <laughs> yeah. There's like nothing happening for me here. He's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure, man. You know? So then, uh, how old were you when that happened? 27. Bro, that's yeah. like, that's a, that's, that's a leap. Yeah. That's like uprooting where you've been from forever yeah. and then coming down here. It's, you know, that's I, taking I tell a people, wager I go, on yourself. Try to move to a city and reestablish yourself. It's tough as fuck. I don't, I know? don't doubt it. <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, and especially in my industry, you know, I had been up in Northern California. Everybody knows me in radio in the Bay Area, Sacramento, all of them. You there. built your brand there. and you created everything but up there. I was like, you know what? I'm bouncing really far. <laughs> and yeah, I did. And so I, I just, I, I took, I took the position and that's so I awesome. bounced and I moved here. Yeah. And, um, and that was that. And then I, I started at Z90. I was there for a while and, um, that's where I was eventually doing the production stuff, you know? And then from there I got offered a position at CBS radio, which is no more. Um, and I went to energy and I was doing nights there and then I became the midday girl there. And then we got bought out by, um, what are they? Intercom. Intercom. Yeah. And I think it's something else now, but I don't know. Intercom. And, um, and then I got transferred over to alt because they, I guess they saw something in me that they could still use me, you know, but all of my other coworkers got fired during that process or like moved to different positions and like, just like not, it was, it was really sad. And Beto actually, we just saw him earlier. He was part of that whole thing with us and, but it worked out for him because look at where he's at now, you know? So that's the thing. You just never know what's going to happen. And that's kind of the scary part about radio. Never burn that. a bridge then, huh? You never always- burn a bridge, you know, and you just don't know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, sometimes it works out for people. Sometimes it doesn't, you know? Um, but like right now it's, it's okay. You know, it's not, it's like, I, like you asked me earlier, has it been like glorious all of the years? You yeah. Know? And most of it, it has, like, I've been like a full-time radio DJ for like most of my life, you know, most of my adult career, you know? And, um, so it, that's been really nice. I've talked to enough people in the radio industry now over the last like year that I've realized a couple of things. One, Everything is always like on the move. Nothing is very like stable. Things mm-hmm. can always get uprooted, shifted, reprogrammed, bought out, no longer uh, operating radio. And yeah. like everything is always in, it, it's like, there's no stability. So when I see people That's like scary. you, people like Beto, people like the other people yeah. that I've talked to, like a Darren Smith or, or like a, a Stephen Woods, like they're like you guys, you know, you guys, have, your, your lifers, your career is based in this industry yeah. and you've risen to the top and you've maintained that consistency and that stability. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's like that for everybody. It seems like no. it's a difficult and scary cutthroat industry. You know, it really is. I, like I said, you love it, it. It, it, <laughs> I know I love it. I'm all, this is all I do. You know, <laughs> no, I, I know I, it's like, literally I love radio. I really, really love radio. I don't know how many people actually love it, love it, but I really do. And, um, I like the part, you know, don't burn bridges, make connections. Like, you know, there was a time when I was at alt 94, nine and, I thought I was doing a great job, but then all of a sudden the corporate was like, 
that position's no more, not longer, no longer full time, you know? So basically I, I got fired. You do know? they ever give you guys reasons on why they do that? Cause I always hear that as well. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? Cut. The, yeah. Budget it's all like money, 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 huh? Yeah. Budget cuts. They can't pay me anymore. And, um, you know, it's like, dang, you know, but because you have those connections the next day I call up our dub at magic 92 five. And I'm like, Hey, they got rid of me. And he's like, when can you start here? Cool. You know what I Good mean? So that's like, that's like what it, you know, you, you, build these relationships, you know, and thank God. Cause I left them to go to energy in the first place and like CBS all, and, and, you know, intercom. You must've left on good terms. I, I did leave on good terms. I did leave on good <laughs> Imagine terms. Imagine if you didn't. <laughs> I know that he probably wouldn't have yeah. been like, Hey, come back. And I feel like, um, I feel like I have a home base with local media, San Diego. They've always made me feel like even when I was doing my thing and they would congratulate me on what I was doing or, you know, reach out and we miss you. And like, and so I, I always felt like, um, there's some sort of like different kind of love and family there, you know, it, it's, it's a weird parallel, but I, what I've noticed is there's a lot of parallels between breweries, like the actual brewers and radio stations and the actual radio personalities. Mm -hmm. It seems like brewers also like they reshuffle their deck a lot. Yeah. Like they'll go to a bunch of different breweries, hop around and ultimately come back. And so long as you're like on good standings yeah. with everybody, there's always a, 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 home. a, a home and a definite need for brewers. Yeah. You know, like if, if you do your job well, and like you said, you, you don't burn a bridge you'll always have a job yeah. and you get to do what it is that you love. And mm -hmm. you're, you're also, you know, playing a big part with the brewery and helping them create yeah. what they want to do. I see that a lot with the radio industry. It's where it's mm -hmm. like, you know what? So long as I kill at what I do. And so long as I'm not being an ass about it, yeah, I feel like I'll, I'll always land on my feet and yeah. it seems to work for you. Yeah. You know, so that's awesome. <laughs> so congratulations on not being an ass and killing know, right? it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, but yeah, like, I mean, this industry is definitely crazy and, and it has downsized a lot after the pandemic, like, um, like literally a lot of people did lose their jobs, unfortunately, and they downsize as far as positions go, um, you know, one person has to do more jobs now and they don't need as many people anymore. Is there and, a big threat to the radio industry? Yeah. And what, what oh, is yeah. the big threat? Well, the big threat is that they can hire, you know, cause actually I didn't even mention this, but, um, I used to be on air in San Luis Obispo, um, for the station called, um, wild one Oh six. And I was on air there from 2007 to 2019. And I did it from home. I've been to San Luis That's Obispo so cool. twice. Okay. <laughs> like, and I did it from home, you know? And so that's the threat I think is that is that we can do radio from anywhere, you know, and it, you, you have this like nice roadcaster, like I have that at home, you know? And so like, you know, wait, all am I a radio personality now? <laughs> yeah, you are, <laughs> you are, <laughs> you're a podcast, but radio, I don't know, to me, it's still radio, you know? Um, but yeah, like you can, you know, do it from home. And, and so they're like, having people voice track and like iHeart does that. Where What's that? What's voice tracking? Voice tracking is um, recording a show from like, say you're, you're building, like if you're in a radio company and you, you VPN to whatever station in, you know, Baltimore, uh -huh. and you just voice track a, you're the middays. So you're like on air there Monday through Friday, you know, 10 to two, just recording it from San Diego or Holy something. Shit. Yeah. So they, and have, you do that. So I do that for a station in Virginia. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How often do you go to Virginia? I've Lexus. never you're been there. Never been. <laughs> I have never been there. I like literally have to look at the weather on my phone. I'm like, okay, what's the weather out there right now? Okay. I guess I'm going to say this. Like, do you do local advertising for like uh, businesses and stuff? Yes. Yeah. And, and oh, that's fucking they cool. Don't <laughs> they, don't, so, <laughs> they don't even know. Like I have like, uh, you know, commercials I have to do yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's make all, sure you come out to the West Virginia's yeah. best spot for roll tacos. Too, You're like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> I, know, I don't even know, you know? And, um, but yeah, so I think things like that. And then also the threat is, you know, podcasts and streaming and, you know, cause honestly I, the, okay. So the, the only station I listen to now, like if I'm in the car, I like, I like old school. So I uh -huh. listen to magic 92, five always like, and that's just the I same. I feel like that's just a fixture for and everybody like in San Diego. Same, yeah. You know, it's just familiar and it's old music and it's like, whatever, you know, like, and I love it. And I love all the on-air people there. And that's like my favorite station. It's always been. And, um, but if I'm not listening to that, then I'm just like streaming, 
my music off my phone, you know, um, whatever it may be my favorite. I have playlists in my phone cause I'm a DJ. So I just, Oh, what am I feeling today? I'm going to just put this playlist on and then it just goes, you know? Oh. So I think that's kind of like the threat. So right now as it stands in the radio industry, what jobs do you hold now that you said you have this one in Virginia where you, where you do mm -hmm. the, uh, the VPN into the yeah. Virginia, what, what other jobs do you have in the radio industry right so, now? Give me a quick okay, highlight. So of those. I'm there. Uh, so I'm on air in Virginia uh -huh. middays, Monday through Friday, 10 AM to 2 PM. So I wake up at 6:45 to record my show because it's three hours ahead, you know, and I kind of like, I like to be current cause you never know something could happen overnight. And then, you know, so you want to like, you know, All be right. fresh. So I do that, and then um, and then I'm on air Z90 on uh -huh. the weekends. Yeah, so that's right. What so I those do. are two radio gigs. Yeah. And another thing I've noticed with radio personalities, people in the industry, is you guys are all DJs external too. Yeah. Some of you are actually music performers, musicians mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. You guys stay busy. You guys love to like not have any free time. Yeah, I know we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I um I love DJing, the art of DJing. I remember growing up in a time where there was still break dancers and DJs and parties. And like, it was just really cool in these days. I don't know. I was like, DJs telling, were celebrities, you know, graffiti artists. It was just like this whole scene. And then it like started yeah. dying out the two thousands. It was like dying out like early, like 2000, like 2000, probably it was like dying, but I still loved it. And I looked up to all these people and like, they had their crews and stuff and, And I just, I wanted to learn how to DJ and one of my friends took me under his wing and he started teaching me how to, you know, mix on vinyl and, and I really loved it, but I couldn't like afford to like buy all that stuff. So I would just practice when I would come over and stuff. And then eventually, um, eventually, you know, everything started switching up digital, you know, and I had to relearn stuff and. And then I started DJing. So I kind of like have been DJing consistently probably for like 13 years. So you've uh, been mastering yeah. this craft for a while now. Yeah. And that's like my side hustle. Like I, you know, I, I, like I have like nine gigs this month and that's really cool. That's a lot. I know. Like people are like, can you come? I was like, I can't this month. If you want to book me next month, let's start doing it because like this month is like totally packed. Well, yeah, that's know? usually like a Friday and a Saturday, Friday and a Saturday, Friday yeah, and a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, I feel like, um, I don't, well, I don't, like you said, the, the early 2000s, the, the DJ scene kind of mm -hmm. died down. I feel like since we've opened the, the brewery and the bar, I, I can name at least 15 DJs. Yeah. You know, like well, I, and I it came back. Yeah. Like it just was like, it was like, not the DJing didn't die down, but I feel like that scene died down, you know, but, but yeah, no, there's so many DJs. There's, there's a lot of so DJs, many, you know, and I love, there's so many women DJs that like makes my heart like so happy, you know, because there's, cause I, I we can do it too. You know, <laughs> was there a bad stigma with women DJ as well? Not being able to do it. You think, I think, how is it being a female DJ? I think, so I think people still get excited about it, but I'm just like, Hey, there's a lot of us now. It's not, you know, anything special. Like we're, we're the same, you know, like that's how I look at it. But that, that's cool. Cause next door to us, uh, we have the vintage store upright citizen and uh -huh. then D La Sonia. So Sonia, yeah. like she would always DJ anytime we needed anything, mm -hmm. you know, she was like, Hey, I'm available. Hey, I'm available. I was like, cool. Cruise down. Yeah. And now that her shop is next door, like on Sunday, She just posts up and she brings out her crates and brings out the discs or I'm sorry, the vinyl yeah. and just starts on and she just starts doing her thing out there. That's amazing. So it's cool. I, I, I think it. I know more women DJs than men DJs, yeah. you know? Oh, that's good. That, I love that. No. I and then it, it's not, not like, Hey, this, well, I pay my women DJs more. It's like, no, <laughs> legit. Like I know more women DJs than, yeah. than men DJs. Yeah. More men DJs want to, uh, I feel like three punk ale is like, Oh, It's dudes come in and want to DJ, yeah. but I, it, it, that doesn't always work. I feel like more, it's, a, it's like a more woman thing yeah. that we, we bring here. And then, cause we're people are, I feel like intimidated because we named it three punk ales, you know? And, that, and, that's what I said earlier. I was like, I don't know what to play here, yeah. but I, I have DJed here. And then, and then when, when you come in here, it's like, yeah. okay, cool. The, the mix for us, it's so like it, it diverse and eclectic. Yeah, it's like, it really it, is. it's like, we're very local, you know, yeah. we're very community centric. We're very here from the hood for us, by us mm -hmm. here. So what is down here? It's just like, we have a bunch of Mexican people who grew yeah. up listening to a wide variety of music. So yeah. we always play like cumbias and we play eighties yeah. and then we have like, you know, hip hop that we play. We grew up on everything. Like it's yeah. a melting pot in, in here in San Diego, but yeah. specifically here in Chula Vista. 
There's yeah. a little bit of everything. We I always say that. everybody raised in Chula Vista is Mexican. I don't care if you're Filipino, <laughs> if you're black, if you're white. Like if yeah. you're from Chula Vista, you're Mexican. Yeah. And if not, you're like the culture, you know all about us, they you know? Do. I love it. I love it so much. I love Chula Vista. It's my favorite, honestly. Where like, do you DJ here in the hood? <laughs> do, do, do you DJ all over so, San Diego? What do you prefer I do to DJ? DJ all over. So, I mean, I've been on third, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, DJing um, different places. Um, Manhattan, I used to DJ. I'm talking actually to um, Tina. I might do one of her nights DJing at Elwood. No, nice. I haven't booked it yet. We're just talking about it. Yeah, Tina, um, we call her MC Tina because she gets. I love her. <laughs> Loving you, Tina. She gets down. She's she's like yeah. a she's like an event coordinator. She's like a party. Yeah. Like any anytime Tina works a shift, it just seems yeah. like it's a fucking yeah, party it's going a good on. Time. It's such a good time. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I DJ. You know, in Gaslamp at different places and um, Barrio Logan. Logan. I love DJing Barrio Logan. Um, just all over Ocean Beach. I do like a reggae night there twice a month at the holding company. Did you do so much reggae? Yeah. Any event, uh, every oh, event. I just did one too. Shout out to Hyrie. I just did her show at Harrah's. It was sold out. 1,500 people. I couldn't even believe it. I How does like, it feel Whoa. to DJ in front of that many people? <laughs> it's awesome. And like, you know, getting on the mic and rocking the mic is another thing like some people don't, they just DJ and don't get on the mic. And I'm like always saying random stuff during the, you know, in between and just trying to get the crowd to react, you know? So that was a good time. So I love, I love that too, you know? So those are like, kind of like the things I do. I, I really like DJing shows like with bands. Uh-huh. That's like my favorite to open up a show. Cause I love music. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's almost like you're the, the, the social lubricant for, yeah. for, for like, yeah. you know, the party. It's I'm like, you're kind of getting, getting everyone, you know, a little, little WD-40 on yeah, that yeah. personality. Yeah. Let's get all the little squeaks out and yeah, everybody exactly. get kind of warmed up to go. Exactly. Cause yeah, you, you're, I think of what you do and I always associate you with reggae. Yeah. Cause like I said, any event that comes out, that's kind of reg- uh, reggae affiliated. DJ likes you love him. I was like, oh shit. So that's what she's about. Okay. That's what she's about. Yeah. But I feel like as a DJ, you can't pigeonhole yourself. No, I love everything. I really do. I really love everything. Like, um, I grew up listening to all types of music, but I, I love reggae, but not everybody knows reggae too. So, or they do know reggae, but as far as like wanting to go DJ something like that, they might be like, Ooh, I don't know, you know, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm an open format. I love everything. So we're on the tail end of the pandemic. You know, people a lot of people think it's over, it's done, whatever, woo woo, but it's still there. There's still things going out and people haven't been partying for a while. Yeah. You know, and you're slowly kind of getting back into you have yeah. nine gigs this yeah. month, which means it's pretty much <laughs> wide open again. Yeah, yeah, things yeah. are back and ready. <laughs> have you noticed a difference in um the way people kind of go out and, and party now as opposed to pre pandemic? You know, no. Actually, I just Like I was saying, I, you know, I was out all weekend and it's just like, it never happened. Yeah. It's kind of weird. You think people just picked up and said, all right, cool. Everything's back to normal. Let's go. Kind of weird. Yeah. Everybody was just like, all right, this is it. Like we're back to normal. I feel like people are going harder now. Yeah. I feel like people are like, they're just like partying I think so too, because, you know, I DJed, um, at THC a couple weeks ago and it was so packed and I, I remember like I used to DJ their reggae Tuesdays uh, before the pandemic and it wasn't always like packed, you know, every time. But I think people now want to support. It's they want to go now. to something. Yeah. They just like want to be there. And it's like, it's kind of nice. I like that there's people around. But yeah, it's it's weird though. It's just like nothing ever. It's happens. definitely a boost to the service industry, like yeah. uh, restaurants, bars, pubs, places that offer live music Art, and so, live entertainment, you know? Yeah. So are people like trying to work again now? Or are they still I don't not? know. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. You know, we we always need help, you yeah. know? And, and I feel like if we put it out, we'll get a response. But I've had friends that I've talked to in the industry and who own businesses and they're like, bro, we need staff. Yeah. And we don't we can't, and we can't get staff. I don't know what it is. I don't know if yeah. people just got used to like not doing shit. <laughs> Cause I mean, anytime I, I, I stop working, like I, yeah. I work at UPS in the morning. So if I take a vacation, fuck, I don't want to go back. You know, like what if I just like work extra hard at the brewery and yeah. at the bar and doing other stuff? Maybe I can make, make ends meet and not have yeah. to go to UPS. I don't know. Maybe people found out a way to make ends meet and I they don't want to come out and work anymore. Yeah. I but know. yeah, there's, there's a shortage of people and work. Cause I, anytime I see, once upon a time, people always wanted to work at a brewery, always wanted to work at a bar. And now I see a lot of uh, vacancies for for people who, wow. you know, for, for applicants. And I'm yeah. like, shit, hmm, what, what's going on I here? I know, I don't know. And we need people because, like I said, people are out. People yeah. are out raging. Yeah. People are partying more now, I feel like, than before to the point where it's like, 
They other really people are. People have security, you know, duh. We never really did. We close yeah. early, you know, yeah. it's like, we're like more like a family scene. People come in they're like, oh, you know, cruise down to the Manhattan, go to the Alwood, go to yeah. Chula Vista Brewery. And I go to that's, you know, they're yeah. open later. We close, like we do final call at 1030, last call yeah. at 1030. We kind of wrap it up and then we funnel people to like the Alwood. Yeah. But now it's like, people want to rage. I people know. are showing up like at 1130. No, man, we want to do it. It's like, sorry, <laughs> homie, we, we're closed, you know? I know. That was the only thing I miss about like everything closing early is that we were home early and into bed early. Yes. You know, now it's like back to two. Damn it. <laughs> and you have Here to, you're, you're, that's your now lifestyle. I'm not going to bed till three 30 now, oh, you know, <laughs> and that your lifestyle is that cause you are yeah. the party starter. You're the one out there doing your thing. So that's, and I always tell my wife is like, that's what I miss about the pandemic. If you can miss something about it is like, yeah, chilling, relaxing, disconnecting. Like Dude, I, I don't just even kinda... know. I like escaped. I, well, I, I went to a bridal shower up North in Modesto. My best friend was getting married and it was like the day everything started popping off and like the, everybody was buying the toilet paper and I was there for a week and this was all happening. And I was like, should I go back home? I don't know what to do. <laughs> What's going on, I, I live by myself. <laughs> like, I don't know if I should just be by myself down there. Or am I going to be stuck? Like what, can I not leave my house? Uh -huh. Like I was really scared. There was so not a lot of Knowns. Yeah, I didn't know. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay at my mom's up there and okay. I'm just going to chill. Right. So I was there for a couple months and like. So you uprooted and you went back home and you just. I just happened to be up there and I was like, well, I'm just not going back. I'm the fucking leaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ya vete, mija. No. <laughs> I know. And like, I was like, why would I want to go down there and like be by myself when I have my mom here and everything? And like, no, like I just, I'm going to stay there. And so. Like my family, everybody was off work and it was like summertime vibes. Like when we were little or you took something, it back to like we were like doing karaoke, playing pool. We were learning how to bartend every recipe. We bought blenders. We were going like ordering from BevMo, getting all the mixers. That's so awesome. Literally, <laughs> literally I feel like I'm a good bartender now. Like I learned how to be drunk during the pandemic. <laughs> I developed the skill. <laughs> I'm a good drinker now. Like we had like a single and mile party. Like we were just like going off the whole, every single day. And it was just me and my family. Like that's it. And it was like the best times. Like my brother, my nieces and nephews, like every, it was just all of us together. You know, and my, cause my brother lives next to my mom. He did at the time. And so it was just like, we were just bouncing from house us, <laughs> and we weren't going anywhere. We were just at the two houses. <laughs> we'll never have that kind of experience yeah, again where ever. we could just stop. Yeah. Everything would was put on pause. You know, we I were working out too, by the way, we were like, okay, we got to get in we're shape. We're going to get fit. You know, <laughs> yeah. I did the opposite. I just said, fuck, I'm not doing anything. I stopped doing jujitsu. I didn't do anything. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to eat. I'm just going to hang out. I got, I got yeah, my, my freshman 15, you. my pandemic 15. And now I'm trying to fucking too. lose it. <laughs> I'm on the same tip. I felt like it, like everything opened up so fast. I was like, wait, I'm not ready. I'm guys. not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> Extended a couple more months, yeah, please, please. please. <laughs> so, cause you're now you're, you're back full force. Yeah. I just have oh to be out there God. like in front of everyone and everything. How was it know? coming back to your apartment, coming back to your house? When, um, to when my house, it was, um, it was cool. It was fine. I had like my friend here and she would just make sure she would check know? on everything. Yeah. And it was fine. It was cool. Like, you know, it was all good. It was, it was, it was cool. When I came back, I, I felt a sense of relief because I was around so many people. My family's really close. And so there's a lot of us and, and like, you know, I was just like, oh, I could have some time by myself now and just like do me. So it was nice coming back, you know, and like, good for you. But then I came back and then I got COVID. <laughs> so so you, you got COVID? Yeah, nah. when I came back. So I was there all isolated. Not, okay. I never went anywhere. I didn't go nowhere. And then I came back and then boom, I went to somewhere. I don't even know. And then, yeah, sure enough, you know, ended up with coronavirus. And then I was stuck out here by myself with coronavirus and I was all scared. I was like, am I going to die? I watched this crazy video of this, like, I'll have to send it to you. Like, I don't like, want to watch no crazy videos. It's like an <laughs> like animation, this kid, like this person has COVID and then it's like day 10, either you get better or, or it takes don't. a turn for the worse <laughs> and day 19, you're dead. Oh. And I was all, oh my God. And I was like, <laughs> mom, it's my day days. nine. It's day nine, mom. <laughs> I was like counting my days. Oh my God, I better clean my house and everything because they're going to probably have to fight die. They're going to come I here. want them to come to a clean house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah. And then How bad did it get for it you? It was not bad for me. It was not bad at all. I didn't, um, 
it was just very minimal. Mm. I did lose my taste and my smell, but um, I had a bad headache. That was something that like, if I was going to get it, I was like, oh my God, what if I'd lose my taste, my smell? I was so scared. I was devastated. Can but I see? tell you the story? Yes. How it happened? So it was like one weekend that I just decided I'm not going out this weekend. I went, I was all trying to be in shape. I went on a bike ride and then I came home and I was like cooking dinner. And then, um, I realized I couldn't taste it. So I was like putting my garlic powder on this like pasta I made and it's like flavorful pasta. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, whatever. And I like take my, I had like stuffed like mushrooms. And then like, I was just like, cool, I'm excited to eat. I was so hungry. I was like cooking a big old by my, for myself. Like nobody even lives with me. And, um, and I was like, damn, I can't taste this, you know? And I was like, Oh my God, please don't tell me. And I was like trying to smell it. And I was like, Oh my God. And so did I you go, feel sick at all? Or? No, I didn't feel sick. I didn't feel sick. And I had just went on a bike ride that day, you know, and like a long one. I went like over here by the, whatever the casino uh -huh, seven whole, mile. Yeah. I did uh -huh. that whole thing. And then, um, and then I was like, okay, hold on. Let me spray my perfume up expensive ass perfume. I sprayed on my arm. I was like, oh my God, I can't smell it. And then I licked oh. my arm and I couldn't taste it. And I was like, oh my God. And I just started crying. I'm at home by myself crying. Like I have coronavirus. Oh my God. Calling everybody. Oh my God, I'm sick. You know, like. I oh my know. God, I'm sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come clean my house. <laughs> you know, but like, uh, but it only after that, like after I realized I had it, like that moment, it was only like four or five days after that, that I had like a headache and, you know, and then it did take a while for my smell and taste to come back. How long? It took like a month or and oh, a half. Oh, fuck. No manches. Yeah. No way. And I had like, I was like, oh my God, how am I going to get it back? Like everything tasted like shit, you know? And I had- There was like a legit no taste in anything you uh, had? It was like, it was, it was like, yeah, nothing. Like it's just like, if it was really salty or sugary, I could taste that. But like, you know, and so I looked up, I don't know, some smell doctor or whatever he on YouTube was like to buy some essential oils and to smell them for so long in the morning and so long at night. And so I was doing that every day. And then eventually it started coming back slowly. What was the first meal you had that you actually tasted? Shoot. You, you gotta know, you gotta know. Uh, you know, I don't even remember because like, it wasn't like it came back like full force. Okay. It was very slow, you know? So I don't really remember what my first meal was, but I remember thinking, I was like, well, well, F it. If I can't taste and smell anymore, then that's that. And maybe I'll lose some weight or something. I don't know. Like I was already looking at the bright side, you know? <laughs> Trying to the optimist in me. Because <laughs> I actually have a friend that the was bright side born, of COVID. She was born without her taste and smell. And so I was like, it's okay. Like, this is okay. This is, I was just telling myself, this is okay. <laughs> but then it came back and yeah, it was, it was pretty scary, but I feel like it's still different. Like, I feel like some things still don't taste as. Do you have any lingering effects aside from that? that you No, not that I know of. No. No. Like, do you like when you work out or ride the bike, you feel like you get gas a little quicker? Mm -mm. No, because mm. I didn't even have a cough when I had COVID. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of like the minimal symptoms. But I swear by this, and I don't know if it's true, but I, you know, I, I really like, I don't know if you ever take silver, but um, it's a vitamin, you know, like, okay. and it comes in a bottle and um, you could get it at Sprouts. And somebody told me a long time ago about him being sick or whatever. He's like, just take some silver and it'll just go away. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, good to know. So I always knew that in the back of my head. And so you always have I started silver. <laughs> to, yeah, I started to feel sick and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get some silver, you know, and I got silver and I feel like that might've helped me um, silver. And I was taking a bunch of vitamins and stuff while I was sick. And um, my brother ended up getting coronavirus and I told him here, take the silver. And he did. And he, same thing. He didn't get really sick either, but his whole family didn't want to take the silver because they, they got were sick. weirded out and they were like dying. Oh, like, no. His wife got pneumonia and like all kinds of shit. And I was like, see, she should have took the silver, you know? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of this. Now yeah. I'm gonna have, then you, yeah. Is this a pill? No, it's a, it's in a bottle. It's uh -huh. like liquid form. You can uh, either like stick it up your nose or swallow, like do tinctures. Yeah. And yeah. it's silver. Silver, yeah. It's, it's called. Uh, like is it just called that, or is it lateral silver or oh something like that, or something like that? Yeah. Turn to the fucking Tin Man. Yeah. I don't want to get sick. Because no. I was the best and thing. It's healthy to take for your immune system. It's like the. It's an immune booster. Because so. the best thing that happened throughout this whole pandemic is I never got sick. 
like that's great like a regular cold or anything yeah. and i'm good for at least two like colds a year yeah i don't get shit so i was like yeah. damn did we not wash our hands enough so like what do we- <laughs> but that's also scary because you know then you're we're not you know we should be getting sick because we we need to get those immunities mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, against those types of sicknesses so now like if you're out there around a lot of people and somebody coughs on you you could probably oh, get sick yeah. if you <laughs> like, see me anywhere please don't cough on me guys <laughs> <Yeah>. please <Ben. laughs> yeah <laughs> i got used to not getting sick, you know, yeah. and I get up early to go to work. So I'm always like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm weird, like a old wives tale style. Like if I go to sleep with the window open, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to be yeah. sick. And it happens to me. Like wifey likes to sleep with the fan on and like the windows open. I'm like, yeah. I wake up, I'm like, ah, oh, your throat. And I'm like, like, throat's oh. all weird. And I I'm fucking like, I'm all stuffy. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and it's like shit. So I'm like the, the whole year. Maybe it's just allergies. Yeah, COVID was just allergies. I remember somebody's telling me like, oh, it's just allergies. It does feel like that. It feels like a sinus infection. Like I thought I had a sinus infection. Oh man! First. But I don't even know if people are getting it anymore. So. Did you end up getting vaccinated as well, or? Um, do I have to discuss that right now? Oh, shit. <laughs> Breaking okay. news. Okay, so um, I have not got vaccinated yet, but- They're now, not going to let you into Ponder Games I now. Know, Sorry. Right? I'm, I'm done. No, but the reason is because, um, so I'm like, I well, this is going to be TMI, but I have had a blood clot in the past and um, I have heard- that people prone to blood clots, it's kind of been a little bit sketchy for them as far as the vaccine goes. So I'm kind of just waiting and seeing if they figure that part out. And mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. if people stop getting blood clots, then I will go ahead and get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> but Th- yeah. Throughout the whole pandemic, were, were you still working? Were you, were you doing? Yeah, so, well, no, because I actually told them, I was like, I'm scared. I'm staying home. Okay. You know, they gave us that option. They were like, if you don't want to come in, that's fine. But they were going to let us come in if we wanted to. But okay. I was like, no, I'm scared. So I didn't go anywhere. I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And you still end up getting But it. then when I when I thought, remember when it was like May and everything was like opening up again? Okay, so May this year. May last year. It okay. Like May, it was like Memorial Weekend. I remember I was like, Oh, that's when we, all the people from LA started coming down to our beaches and and we were like, no, okay. Everything's opening up. Okay. Well, you know, and so I, there was a concert in June here that I went to and everything. And then, yeah, it was at the end of that month, I guess I was too many places and oh man. Mm But here you are, strong. But here I am. Recovered. I'm fine. Recovered. I'm good. Gigging every weekend. Like, yeah. Working every day. Yeah. Oh. You know, I know. So what's next? Um, what's next? I what do you mean, want to do? You, you seem to accomplish everything you set out to do. <laughs> I don't know about that. There's so many things I want to do, man. I don't know. I, I, I want to do, you know, more events, obviously. Hopefully I can just be booking events till the end of the year as far as DJs. You do goes. all of that for yourself, right? Yeah. That's another thing I've learned about DJs. You guys, like like I was talking to Beto as well, you guys promote it. Mm-hmm. You guys are your own business managers. You guys I are your know. own social media. I you guys know. do everything. I know. Like I, it's crazy. Cause you know, normally people have people that do that stuff for them. Right? So even like getting paid and like all that stuff, like I have to be there. I have to do that. I, you know, it's like, it is a lot of work, but, but I feel like it's, it, it it's better. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like a lot of people like in my affairs. If yeah. I'm doing something that's like, no, no, you're dealing with me. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm doing it this day and this is what I'm going to give you. And this is what you're going to give me. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to yeah. be here to take it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Like, um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, booking more gigs. I do weddings too. Those are my favorite because, you know, when you do weddings, it's like what they want to hear. So it's just like, tell me what you guys want and I'll give it to you, you know, and that's so easy to do. Like such easy thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, like hopefully that, and, um, you know, more radio work, hopefully that's what I'm hoping for. And you're content run. in the radio world right now, but right you want now, more right now. I am because, um, Z90 provides everything you need right now. I'm happy with what I'm doing there as far as, you know, um, on air, because, um, I'm not, I'm not like the, the front player right now, you know? So it's like, I don't have to walk on eggshells. I'm not worried about getting fired. I'm not worried about, you know. That's always a big uh, <laughs> confidence booster. Not worried about getting fired for yeah, doing your job. Yeah, So like just going in there and just doing what I love on the air. Like they don't, I could bring you on one day. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter. Like they let me do what I want. Wait a minute, wait a like, minute. Did you just invite me <laughs> yes, to become a radio person? <laughs> well, so- You really want to get fired, so, don't you? <laughs> I so I have this thing that I'm going to be bringing back. It's called Lexi's Local. And it's kind of like, is, do you have a ghost here? What was that about? 
<laughs> you haven't heard, huh? There's a there, there's legit this this area is haunted. Oh by the way, oh my god, yeah. is it? Yeah. Oh wow. Right where you're sitting. Oh my god, stop. I'm not lying. I swear <laughs> to you. Anybody, look at shit falls, things move, but in that corner. Um, somebody came in and told me to do certain things and see what's up. So I brought yeah. a bottle of water uh-huh. and I left a pan dulce, right? Uh-huh. And nobody has, nobody comes in here and I don't yeah. tell anybody, yeah. you know, cause I, one, I don't really believe in shit like that, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the motherfucker here has forced my hand to believe in stuff. Oh my God. So I left a bottle of water and a pan, a little machete pan dulce. Uh-huh. And, um, the next day I came in and the bottled water was open. Shut and up. Yes. And I ain't oh, even lying to you. Oh my all right. God. The bottle yeah. was, it, it, it was open and it has been consumed a little, more yeah. than half. And the bite on a pan dulce, there was a bite mark on there and I saw teeth marks For on real? it. real? No joke. Look at my skin is crying. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. real, real shit. Right there. Right well, where you're, yeah. Whoever it is liked it. That's what I'm saying. And that's what the person told me. Her yeah. name is Chef Letty. Chef Letty came in and said, hey, you yeah. know what? It's cool. Like they're not really like trying to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So things turn off here. Like things Can turn we off. Do? Can we do a ghost podcast I, I was, here? What? You got stories? <laughs> yes. Do you really? Oh Who shit. Who doesn't have ghost stories? Lames. I don't know. but <laughs> We love no, like, but, oh man. So I used to do this thing where I would go visit haunted places and like film. Damn, like, you're going to go into it. Fuck. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to like, what, what is it called when you awake a spirit somewhere? You're going <laughs> to. <laughs> no. So we would go all over. Like I, they've let me film at the Whaley house. At, um, every haunted place in San Diego, basically I've, I've probably filmed at. And, um, it's really cool. Like just, we just go in and we just talk and we just, what's, why is it haunted? Who do you think it's haunted by? Like, you know, you have a whole fucking team that does that or what we did. Well, my old station, I did that, but I told Eric, I was like, dude, we should bring it back. We should bring it back. Like during Halloween, you know, <laughs> look it. So we if, could come here. If you see right in this wall right here behind me, it's like an outline of a door. Oh like, my God. I don't know if you see it. There's yeah. this, it's okay. Right here, there's an outline of the door. And on the floor here, like if you pull the rug up, there's like, it starts dipping down. Like there's stairs leading so somewhere. over there. <gasps> This, there's no basement next door. Oh, this is the only basement aside yeah, from yeah. like another so shop down the street. There's something lower. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. What if there's a fortune back yeah. there. <laughs> that ain't mine. Shit. <laughs> That's true. That's so Look, true. Look, I've seen enough pirate movies to know what happens. I've, I've fucking seen the the that's mummy, and so if you take somebody's true. shit that's not yours, I know what's gonna happen. So I it's like, know. I don't know what's back there, but yeah, shit's always kind of creepy here. Yeah, you know. And my wife, more than anything, she's about it. Yeah, she believes in ghosts. She believes in aliens. <laughs> she believes in all those things. Her and her me brother, too, like me in too. conspiracy <laughs> theories, and the fucking where they. I walked in oh on that. Oh my them. god, same. I told we my wife do a podcast with them. I, I was. She was looking at her phone the other day, and <laughs> and, and I was just kind of. I looked over. And it was a conversation. She's gonna kill me. It was a conversation between her and her brother about reptile people. <laughs> oh, and I, and I, I was him. like, "Damn, fool! If I took a picture of what you and your brother were talking about, people would like." Turns me, out, turns out I'm the weird one. My brother and I are on the same tip as them. That's crazy. Yeah. So like, I don't believe in anything like that. But yeah, she's. I guess they've had things happen. Or like, yeah. I know my family. Like, they've had certain. They've told me stories. But everything is yeah. a story. I know. know right? So the only thing that's really happened is that. Yeah. You know, like that has really happened. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit. So, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I have a roommate down in the office, I guess, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Do that. Do something. Do you like provoke them and like have them come out? So, I mean, I do know the, so there's this group called the San Diego Ghost Hunters oh, and Fox. they come out like they, they'll come out and they'll like do all their like little things. They have like these rods where I forget they're dozing rods or something. I don't know how you say it. You know exactly what they call. Stop playing. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody anymore. <laughs> yeah. And they like literally like try to figure out like things like, and they have this thing called a ghost box and it's trippy as fuck. That's where the ghosts jump in? It's like, no, it's a box where these voices are coming out of. And I don't know. Have you heard a voice? Coming I, out? Yeah. I, I've seen it in person. I've like, I was like, what the hell? Like, and it's just all this gibberish. Bethel was there too. He was there that day. It's just all this gibberish, but it's really spooky. And there's different voices. Damn, yeah. well, they're going to bring that here and then they're going to leave and they're going to leave me with the mess they created. <laughs> oh, fuck. Nah. No, but maybe it's just like, oh, them trying to like, just see who it is, you know? Oh, man. I, okay, so three people have told me. Yeah. Like oh, legit, is. like three people have told me that there's somebody down here. One of them. The only reason I asked was because of the light, but I didn't. And look at that. that. They made me bring a crystal from somewhere in Sedona oh, okay. and hang, she's like, just hang it here and like, it'll be fine. Again, I I, I rarely believe in these things because yeah. nothing has ever fucking happened to me. Yeah, but yeah, and, yeah. And when she said, just put water out, like bring up like, like bring an offering out, water and bread. And I was like, all right, cool. 
Yeah. And then it happened. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> So I was like, oh, so yeah, crazy. that was so crazy. You're a believer now. No, I just. Uh, I, all, no, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm more yes than no now, but it's like, I really got to see some shit to yeah. like have that happen, you know? Yeah. I want to, I want to believe. Like, yeah. I, I really want to believe in aliens. You know, like, I, I really want to believe in ghosts. I really want to believe yeah. in like paranormal shit because I think it'd be, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. But then I watch a movie like Blair Witch and it scares the shit out of me. So I'm like, <laughs> how much How much do I really want to believe in it? You know? Right. Mm. Yeah. I know. That's pretty cool, though, that it's haunted here. Like I would assume, you know, it's so old on this block. Yeah. You know, that there would be. I'm something. sure there's a lot of wild shit that went on down here. Yeah. This was a church once upon a time down here. Was it? Yeah. I can't say the word. It, I don't know how to pronounce it. A pecopascal or. Oh, I don't know how to say. Yeah, that, that's a, t- so that's a tough word for Mexicans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and apparently that was a, the, the type of church that was down here. And fuck, who knows what went on? Who knows? So I'm tripping that you said that there was a church here and that you think that it goes lower. Well, yeah. Like if you pull the rug back here in this general area, it looks like the, it, it slants down. Yeah. So it's like, shit, when we first fucking got this place, we're so off topic. It's awesome. I know. <laughs> this is go. real though. Here we go. <laughs> we, we've got this spot and the entrance that you came down to come down into the studio, um, we had to rebuild that. We had to build that because the only way to get down oh. to the basement of the brewery before it was a brewery was a door on the back. Oh, okay. So it was a completely two oh, a separate different entrance, completely different entrance, no access, only through the back. Yeah. So we'd get it and I would come down and be so excited. Oh, this is working. We're fucking build our brewery. It's going to be awesome. So I would just randomly walk down here. I live, yeah. I live close. I live like three blocks from here. So I would yeah. walk over here and I'd come down and give it a look and I would open the door. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I would open the door, I would always hear like little fucking whispers and like shuffling around. There was no windows down here. There's no ventilation. There's nothing. And I'd like kind of get out of it. I was like, fuck that I'm going home you know like I was like nah I may not be a believer but I don't want to fucking all of a sudden walk into some dumb shit so I was yeah. like nah so I would always hear a little voice like, oh here he comes and I was like what the fuck is that oh my god so yeah, yeah so I just waited you know I would yeah. always come down when people were down here with me yeah and until we actually started bringing like like knocking walls down mm-hmm. and at then I was I felt more comfortable like it yeah. took a while for me to just kind of hang out in here yeah like we had our office and just recently I said hey man let's let's redo the office it's kind of like make it our own before that, I was scared shit. I didn't. I didn't want to come down here at all. Oh, it's spooky. It is spooky. Fuck, this is big spooky. I know. <laughs> I kind of felt like it was spooky when I walked down here by myself. They were like, "Yeah, just go down the stairs and go right." And I was like, uh, okay. "What?" Like Scooby Doo. I'm like, "Where am I going?" I would have gone away for it if it wasn't for yeah. you snooping kids. Yeah. <laughs> you meddling kids. So yeah, all right, good, good, good to know this layer about you, Miss Lexi. It's good to know. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna link you up with my wife. She's the one that knows oh. all. Oh about gosh, that she's they're all about yeah. it her reptilian brothers <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, i'm we're into that <laughs> well i'm happy i got to know you like i yeah. said I've, I've seen you we've seen you in passing i, I told wife me i was like have we like hung out with her she's like you've seen her at the elwood before yeah, you've seen her? Her too. yeah she's like we've seen her i was like okay i just like we meet so many people I was like, I know for a fact I've never sat down and actually yeah. shot the shit with her. Yeah. And I'm happy we got to do that yeah, today. Yeah, for You're sure. You're a homie now. Now I know. And we got to get you back into the brewery <laughs> and we got to get you to spin whenever you don't have like nine gigs in a month. <laughs> yeah. Get you to the Elwood. month or something. <laughs> What's the best way to get a hold of you for gigs? What's the best um, way for people to kind of follow you and everything so you do currently? You can find me on Instagram at the sexy Lexi, T-H-E-S-E-X-Y-L-E-X-Y. Mm. Lexi with a Y. I don't know why I did that, but yes. That's the only way I would know Lexi though. The sexy Lexi on Instagram, um, Lexi Love on Facebook. You know, you can find me. I have a website, um, djlexilove.com. And that's where people that's where people can actually yeah, go my out there. Emails and, there, and you can get a hold of me. Yeah. Do you do like private like parties? Yeah, I do private parties. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, whenever people want me for. I always know party, people I'm are like, looking for. Hey, I need a good DJ. So yeah, yeah. that's see. You said Shoot that the, the, the DJ like scene kind of died down, but I feel like in our like little culture neck of the woods, that yeah. shit's always needed. Yeah. Like, you know, we always need a party starter. We no, always need for somebody. Sure. Like, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> Lames. All righty. Well, All right. thank you for coming in. Nice to meet you and thank good luck you. with everything.